My name is Profe Marriott, and our school matters because each and every student who is a part of our school matters. everybody and welcome to the show. I'm Mr. Ryden. And I'm Sophia Rains. And this is our new podcast, Our School Matters. Uh, we're really excited to get started today. We have Profe Marriott that's on the program each week on Mondays. The plan is we have a 10 week long season yep. of two episodes each week. And so every Monday, uh, you guys are going to get an interview with me interviewing either a teacher, staff member, or administrator from the Richmond County District. And every Friday, you're going to get an episode of me interviewing a student in the district. And so this Friday, who do we have that we're getting for your first interview? This Friday, we're kicking it off with Haley Roark. Excellent. She's a really great person. And she actually also is your co-star in the musical Cinderella, which I got to see last weekend on Sunday. It was fantastic. This is a performance out at OCC. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the time you all hear this, it'll be after the second weekend of shows and the show will run its course. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not really, it doesn't really matter if we uh, promote it or not, though, because it is basically (laughs) sold out. (laughs) Yep. Uh, We've got a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There are no seats for Friday through Sunday, and there are a total of nine seats for Thursday. Which is fantastic, and I I gotta say, it's scary. It is scary, but you know you might as well sell it out, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, I I gotta say you were wonderful. You did a, a a perfect job as Cinderella. I was so blown away by the entire production. Uh, Haley, who is on next week, was great as well, because mm-hmm. um, she is with uh, what's her name? Uh, as the Evie two, Potter. Evie Potter, thank you. As the two oh, stepsisters. Shame. Shame. <laughs> but those two, oh boy, were they born for mm-hmm. that role. Those to playing sisters and the evil stepsisters. Oh my gosh, they're so fun. They they really, really, really were great. And Koi, oh my god, Koi oh, Shipman. Just <laughs> killing me. Oh god, he's just a, a little ball of energy. And he's, little guy. He's he just he really stayed in character. I was so I was so impressed with everybody. It was, it was a fantastic production. Um, I hope you out there listening got a chance to see it because um, it was it was really really great. I, I think that you and Sean Joyce, who plays mm-hmm. the prince, what's the prince's name? None of those stick with me. Uh, it's Christopher. Christopher, sure. I'm pretty sure remember. it's Christopher. I don't know. It's my husband. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. He's just a guy. <laughs> I thought he did wonderful as well. Mm-hmm. I love those boots that he has on in Act One. I don't know what it is about him, but they're just they're styling. I love him. No, but he's also he's really good. And I thought you two did one of the hardest things it is to do, which is play falling in love uh, at first sight which is oh the kids hated it yeah the kids hate it what did they hate about it (laughs) you think the kids would be like oh my god they're in love it's so Mm -hmm. cute anytime our faces get Uh close to each other like if we're going for a stage kiss which is not actual kissing it's not an actual kiss they don't get that but every time those those faces (laughs) go in towards each other it's eyes up or it's audible Uh, (laughs) i remember have you gotten any ewes oh i heard one night 
So uh, Saturday, there's this big yes. long ballad. They're like, "Oh, I think I love you," blah, 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 uh-huh. and there's one part where he's like, "Oh, you dreaming? I'm about to kiss you right now." And he's coming up, and he whirls me around, and we go in for a kiss, and we like do the stage kiss. Yeah. And there's just a kid. I think he was middle, upper, just like the upper row. Ew! <laughs> and the entire oh, audience sure. just oh. cracked up. I'll bet everybody just lost it. It's They lost uh-huh. it. And I was sitting there on stage. I was like, I can't laugh at this. I can't. <laughs> oh, that would be, actually, uh, that would be one of the hardest things not to break on, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the kids really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Uh, that'll. Uh, I'm going to be there Thursday, so that will be me on Thursday. I'll make sure and yell out. <laughs> you as loud as I can. I think you guys have three stage kisses in there. Is that mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. there's one during that song, which... There's one during the ballad. What song is that? The Falling in Love song? It's uh, Do I Love You. I, I haven't... Sure I hadn't title. seen Cinderella before. This mm-hmm. version of it, obviously, I've seen the mm-hmm. you know the Disney one, which people are thinking of, the cartoon one. But I, I had not heard that before. I really liked that song. It was... It's it, cute. It's cute. And it, it's not too saccharine. It's yeah. not too sweet. It's got, like, the right amount of, like... Real kind of like that whole idea of like, what is it? I love do. Are you beautiful because I love you, or do I love you because you're beautiful? It's a sweet little back and forth thing, and I I really appreciated it. That and uh, Impossible was fantastic. And Jessica, oh my gosh, she Uh, was so great. I could talk. I I could say out loud right now every single cast (laughs) member and just be like, oh my god, they were so good. Uh, Just gush about it. It was a fantastic performance. The transformation. I was sitting there on the edge of my seat like. How are they going to do this? This is really setting up big. How's it going to go? <laughs> and it did not disappoint. It did not let me down. Um, you are beautiful as Cinderella in your gown as you're supposed to be. Thank I, I could not be more proud of what OCC put together for that production. Are you looking forward to it being over this weekend? Or It's weird because <clears throat> it's taken up a lot of my time. Yeah. But also like, oh, it's your last show. Uh-huh. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird. Yeah, for sure. It's the I'll end get of back something. to you next week. Yeah, I guess we'll probably uh, we'll probably uh, talk with all of you about that a little bit <laughs> and reminisce on it. And that to really swing back into the overall show, that is kind of our idea here. What we want to capture in this is these kinds of things, the kind of thing like this musical that uh, the OCC musical towards the end of the school year here is. I mean, this will be your last high school production then, which yeah. you've been part of. A whole bunch of productions. What what are some of them you've been part of? So nine to five this nine year, to five Cinderella. which was which you played Dolly Parton's role, yeah. which, which is yeah. uh, oh gosh dang it, Dorley in it, and you did fantastic in that too. Uh, what are some of the other uh, productions um, you've done in the past? I really it's it's weird because COVID uh-huh. came around and it was weird. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, I did bring it on, year. and then mm-hmm. I did Smokey Joe's at the college, right? And then uh-huh. I did Tech. You weren't in for Snoopy, Mama Mia. right? Nope, because oh. I was at Smokey Joe's out there at the time. Oh right, yeah. Uh huh. I did Tech for Mamma Mia, didn't do Elf, didn't do Snoopy, uh-huh. Uh-huh. did 9 to 5, right. did Cinderella. Well, you had a banner year here to really come back to it after all that yeah. COVID stuff and everything. So starring a lead role in both shows, yeah. both shows, the high school and the college one. So so that's fantastic. And that's the kind of stuff we want to reflect on here as we're going forward for you folks, for our listeners, just to kind of give you an idea of What's it like kind of day to day here? What do people really think about? What do they feel? But also, mm-hmm. I love that this season is where we've got a few episodes banked, of course, and we'll be recording these kind of as we're coming up through towards the end. But that'll give us a chance to kind of talk about all the big final stuff of a school year that wraps out. And for a senior student that Sophia is, um, yeah, uh, talking old. about all of those lasts. Oh, hey, okay, telling me. <laughs> um, 
But all those lasts that you get this year, which are very exciting, and I, I look forward to vicariously experiencing through you, as I do with all of my senior students, I, I really do get uh, some joy out of seeing people just ready to take off in their life and really see where, what they're going to go tackle next. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we'll get to, I can do a better segue than that, come on. Maybe, maybe not. I'm new at this, guys. We're real. We're trying. We're trying really hard. Well, it would help if he's not so critical about it. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. And I have to in-flight comment on myself, like, no, that wasn't very good. No. Oh my um, God. Well, what was good <laughs> was the talk that I had with Profe Marriott uh, a little bit ago. Now, this is while we were first developing everything, and, and so it's it's been a couple weeks, but I did have a great time talking to her. Um, we definitely got onto deeper topics than I expected or planned, um, but it just sort of went there. But also, we just really got to talk about her thoughts about school and what's important to her. Um, and so I hope you all enjoy this interview with a person who is near and dear to my heart, Profe Marriott. Hi, Miss Marriott. Profe Marriott, thank you so much for doing this. I really have been looking forward to talking to you and uh, getting to know you a little bit better and just kind of talking about the school stuff too. You're a Spanish language educator. Why do you think is uh, the value of Spanish language education in high school? Spanish is so needed. I truly believe it doesn't matter if you're here in Richland County for the rest of your life or if you're moving somewhere else in the state or in another state you are gonna run across Spanish speakers mm -hmm. and it, it is gonna to be to your benefit to know the language. Mm -hmm. We have had students who have come back that you know, work part-time at Walmart or mm -hmm. they're working at the bank. We've even had some that have worked on a farm, but they were the ones who had to tell the Hispanic workers there that, hey, this cow gets this shot and you need this many CCs. and. Never in a million years would you think, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm never going to leave this county and I'm never going to, you know, need Spanish. Guess what? Not true. Even here, yeah. Even here. And it's not like you have to learn the, the it has a second tongue necessarily, but even a little bit helps you navigate in a situation that could really uh, help out. Yeah, my, my <laughs> sister is a physical therapist, and I tell my students that when she vied for her first job, mm -hmm. they narrowed it down to two applicants, and both of them had the same qualities, the same job experience, ah. whatever it was, but because my sister had two years of Spanish, mm. they went ahead and hired her yeah. because at least she had that start which she could work with her patients. That's a smart, smart move on their part, too. Uh, what's the most important or one of the most important things, like a singular lesson that you teach in your class? Like if you could just maybe to make the whole thing more understandable or just one part that's so vital that you could imprint it in their brains, like laser etch it into their brains so they remember it, what would that be? Well, I don't know if it's so much about the language per se, but anytime you come in contact with somebody who's different, another culture, another language, whatever it would be, is not to go into it with the mentality of, well, I'm American, I know everything, you can learn from me, but just going into the situation as a sponge. And mm -hmm. there are things that we can learn from each other. And to learn how to get along with people, 
and to learn, you know, one of the things that we say about culture is it's not better or worse, but it's just different. And so learning to accept those differences and being able to, to learn from each other. That's probably my biggest lesson. That's, that's, I, I love life lessons. That's a great answer. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I think that's pretty common among teachers. I don't I, know what it is. Well, I, I tell them I'm, I'm there to teach Spanish, but I like te- teaching life lessons along the way. Yeah. I just like telling stories, too, and I'll well, yeah, turn it into a life too. lesson about it. <laughs> so what do you think is one of the biggest problems facing educators today, maybe specifically high school educators or educators in general? That I can say. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think in in the world that we live in now, we've been exposed to to videos, we've been exposed to social media and everything that pulls our attention. And so it's almost like we have to be almost entertainers in the classroom mm-hmm. to hold the students' attention. Mm-hmm. And that makes it really difficult because, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't have the thousands of dollars that a TV creator and everything does, you know, has at their fingertips to, to draw your interest in. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, I, I think that's the, the, the biggest thing is holding their attention. Because, again, I notice if they've got their Chromebooks out, you mm-hmm. know, there's... Sometimes it's not all, you know, just, <laughs> just about what we're learning and, yeah. and trying to, to hold that focus because I, I love Spanish. Mm-hmm. I, I love mm-hmm. the culture. I love the language. Yeah. And if there was just a way of picking up all of that and just saying here, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want them to learn. I, I want them to, to be able to fall in love with it too. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's just hard sometimes to be able to get their interest enough to to let them oh. <laughs> to let them grab a hold of that. That was uh, Miss Marriott's ringtone. I will point out. Well, and I had it on Do Not Disturb, but my dad is one who can get oh, through. Oh, he's the pastor. <laughs> oh, well, hey, that's important. That's important. Yeah, it, it does feel like we're competing, not maybe not competing for attention. Well, we are sometimes from the devices we even use to teach with. But And it feels like the ability of even adults of giving attention to anything that you even slightly don't want to do is, is eroding. It's like that you, know, you feel like you do got to put on a, a better show than whatever's on TikTok. And, you know, good luck because I can flip through that like crazy. Well, and I had a teacher at at college who said teachers are the greatest actors. We've got to be up front and we've got to yeah. draw their attention and hold their attention. Yeah. And I kind of laugh about that, but, but it really is true. You know, I, I sing, I dance, yeah. I, you know. You got to put on a show. You really I, do if you want to have any, <laughs> any possibility of getting their attention. And you got to act happy when you're sad. Uh, you've got to act angry when you're just trying, knowing you got to make a point and you're not actually upset, you know, or you maybe even think it's funny. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. You really got to put on a face and put on a show. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, if you could change one thing about the education or climate in our school, what's something that you would like to see change or that you would like to, whether it's just an overall thing or even just an initiative that you would really like to, to start, what, what would that be at our high school? I guess the biggest thing, and, and I don't know how much is COVID-related, mm-hmm. 
but mm. I stand outside of my door a lot and I watch students go by and I notice how many earbuds are in and you say something to a student and they don't hear you or they're not they're not in, interacting even with each other mm-hmm. and it's just like we're all in the same building but we're not we don't have this contact just like you and I are doing right now of having mm-hmm. this face-to-face conversation I, I want that I, I want the earbuds out and I want that contact again of being able to say hey you know seeing them walk down the it, it, it's like a, a competition for us to see how many can we get that would respond back to us. Yeah. And sometimes when they used to play the Eye of the Tiger <laughs> dancing and things like that, just to get the response out of the students mm-hmm. and see how many would react to that and, and pull them in. And I think that's one of the things of just we're all in the same building, but sometimes I don't feel like we're all in the same space. Oh, that's a very good point, yeah. And uh, I miss that. I'm, I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. but I love having interaction with people. Mm-hmm. And um, I miss that sometimes. I miss that a lot. It is, yeah, the, that's been an overriding theme just talking for years with educators. It just, it does feel like this increasing push into the digital cyber world and then uh, away from person to person. I mean, in a lot of ways, kids are talking to each other more than ever. And so, you know, I try to take some solace in that and think, okay, well, they're communicating in a way that I don't entirely uh, see, but it's still happening and maybe even more across bigger distances. But on the other hand, I know what I'm seeing too. And what I'm seeing is people turning inward more, or at least turning to screens more, myself included. I am equally guilty of it for sure. Um, yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting. I, I do have my students put their phones up at the front. Mm-hmm. And times where I have said, no, you can't get your phones, but you can, you can talk to each other. And the room's just quiet. Silent. You know, and it's just like if I say, hey, you can grab your phones. It's still silent, but yeah. now... But it, now they're know, staring at a screen, a little tiny screen next to their slightly bigger screen. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> look around you. You've got yeah. people who you could take the time just to get to know or mm-hmm. joke and laugh, and, and we don't do that. And, and I do miss that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel sometimes it's like we, there's a lot of things we can employ, a lot of activities we can employ to have them do that, and that's definitely what we do as educators, but it also is like, well, toothpaste is out of the tube, and how do we respond to it when that's already out there and you know I don't see it going back another way? It's just going to get more and more convenient for us as human beings to communicate digitally. And it's just, it does feel like there's a cost for that, that none of us necessarily asked for any of this, but it's here and we all have it now. And what do we do with it? How do we go on? Well, and I've seen some students, you know, walking down the hallway who don't have the earbuds in. And I saw one or two of them out here in the commons a couple weeks ago. And I commented and I said, hey, I just... I really appreciate when you're walking down the hallway, I can say something to you and you hear me and we we can interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because as I looked around the rest of the group, there were earbuds in and you saw them kind of reaching up <laughs> and, and pulling them out. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, Sheepishly. yeah, okay, yeah. I appreciate uh-huh. each one of you guys too yeah. because you are yeah. valuable yeah. 
you are important to get to know. Yeah, I, I, agree. I think I, I, t I say this often. I say it to my kids a lot, like at the end of any class or I t usually at the beginning of a class too. It is the great privilege of my life to get to spend a little slice of each one of these kids' lives with them and get to know them when they're nearing their prime of life, just to live with some of their celebrations and even their tragedies. And it's just an amazing opportunity we have to share these experiences and this time with these kids. So it's really, really is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it makes you want to scream, <laughs> but it's a privilege. Yes. Talking about a, a better time then, you went, or maybe a simpler time, let's say. <laughs> you went to high school in Mount Carmel. Mm -hmm. uh, so what type of kid were you in school? Were you like a nerd? Were you a class clown? Were you, you say you're an introvert? Were you an introvert back then too? I actually was not. I was in band, in choir, played basketball, was in the junior, senior play. I loved being a part of those. Really? So you were a band kid. I was a band what kid. What did you play? Um, my main instrument was saxophone, alto sax. Oh. But I also learned how to pick up the trombone. Really? Yep. That's great. What productions did you do? You were on stage acting for? Oh, my gosh. What were some of your roles? You know how long that's been? <laughs> I, I was not I know I was in the plays, but I could not tell you what plays we did. Mm -hmm. it, it was nothing like you guys have we've, the opportunity we've built a, to do a here. program. It's taken taken a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but yeah. I'm very proud of what we're doing. Actually, I'm going to run down after this, and I'm going to fly some middle schoolers around for Peter Pan <laughs> Jr. So. Awesome. And I was uh -huh. the academic, too, because, yeah. I mean, I was in the advanced classes, and education was very important, uh -huh. and my parents let my backside know. No, they, <laughs> um, it was my my parents were constantly on me as far as getting good grades and uh -huh. doing well in school. So yeah. that was a priority. But like I said, uh -huh. I was involved in a lot of extracurriculars too. What was uh, kind of like your favorite subject in high school? I mean, was it in the arts? Or? Spanish and English. Yeah, Spanish even then. Yeah. And now for a word from our sponsor. So, hey guys, I got a... <laughs> <laughs> I got a real special guest in the studio here, guys, and you aren't going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. I got you, Cinderella herself uh, here to tell I us a little bit this? about a wonderful local business <laughs> that I love called Cinderella's Threads. Take it away, Cindy. Oh, gross. Cinderella's Threads is a nonprofit based on helping everyone find their perfect formal outfit for a low one-time fee. Homecoming, prom, and bridesmaid dresses are available for a $25 rental or for purchase. Wedding dresses are available to rent for $50. <laughs> Cinderella's Threads carries tuxedos for rental at $25 and custom order tuxedos through Jim's Formal Wear that start at $115. Additional accessories including shoes, jewelry, tuxedo jackets, and bow ties are available for additional rental fees. Cinderella's Threads has been an amazing resource for our school community, with them providing free rentals to around 44 RCHS students in 2020. So be sure to check out what Cinderella's Threads has to offer at 513 West Main Street, only Illinois, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturdays. I love Cinderella's Threads. This sounds like... Uh... Ad, you know, that's what you say about your advertisers, but I work there. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, Sophia works. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, Cinderella works <laughs> there. My co-host Sophia works there. It's a great business. It's very affordable. 
I'd also like to give a shout out to the Tiger Pride alumni who donated a considerable considerable sum of money so that uh, students that need help getting uh, nice clothes for prom can go there and free of charge get their tux or dress. Uh, just make sure to return them on time. Please uh, return them. Yes. Please. And when you get there, tell them Cinderella sent you the real one. Don't, don't get too close to the mic. That's freaking weird. You're going to have to listen to this back in editing. It adds some magic. I don't think I it like adds a magic. magic. I don't think this adds magic. A little smoky magic up close. Hey, folks, go to Cinderella's Threads. Just get get a tux for the weekend or get a nice dress. Yeah, just to like. Whatever you're feeling. Have. Just to have. To walk just around. To, go into Walmart in a tuxedo. Just to have. Now back to the show. Can you think of any dumb things you did in high school as a student that you would give yourself a detention for now? Probably. I mean, we, here's the thing. I grew up in a different generation. Yeah. And I knew I had better not mess up at school. I was not worried about the principal or the assistant principal. I was worried about home. Yeah. And so there wasn't a lot that I can say that, oh, gosh, I should have not done that. (laughs) I know we had an open campus for Uh freshmen through seniors, Uh and my mom told me that I was supposed to be at the high school cafeteria, and... I might have been at the high school cafeteria once or twice in my freshman year because I always had upperclassmen that I was friends with. And so I had to make that lunch money Mm -hmm. that was supposed to go in the cafeteria. I I had to make it last going out to eat. So it was like the 50-cent burger Uh and a glass of water. And (laughs) you learned how to survive on what you were given. But yeah, it... Probably it wouldn't have been a, a detention from school, but yeah. it would have been a detention from, from home. home. <laughs> <laughs> when I asked the kids while I was kind of de- we were developing this program, what question should I ask teachers? This is the one that I keep getting from kids. In high school, did you like to party and were you wild? So this is what they want to know about every teacher. Absolutely. No, I, here's my thing. I guess I'm a rule follower. Uh-huh. And so wrong I, <laughs> I really didn't even have my first drink until I hit 21. My dad's the same way. And I, uh, kind of, it's just, it's not like I didn't believe it when I heard that, but it was like, oh, really? He smoked for a time too. And he started, he was 18. He didn't mm-hmm. have his first cigarette before he was 18. I just, I never really had the desire. My parents didn't drink. They didn't mm-hmm. smoke. And so maybe, yes, you know, I, I heard the other kids talking about it. But I just firmly believe for me that I wasn't going to do it until I turned 21. Um, I had an uncle who was an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. and I saw what that did to his life. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that partially scared me, too, of what if I have that addiction gene in my person and— if I started, you know, would I be able to stop? And so, like I said, I I waited. Yes, I tried smoking, um, but it was all during during college. Yeah. And uh, like I said, found out. Not it for just you. Wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, I did for a while. I quit a while back. Now eight nine years ago, something like that. But 
boy, it was the hardest thing to quit that. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life, if not the most difficult thing. So hmm. it's a, not for you is definitely the right choice. I'd like to shift to a couple topics, uh, more a little outside of the high school realm. And this is, I, I, it's, this is all about your comfort of a topic. But um, so uh, you're a cancer survivor, and that's a pretty scary thing. I mean, it's definitely a very personal fear of mine. Uh, my mother had breast cancer and then lung cancer, and I recently found out that there were several other litany of cancers that cropped up before the uh, lung cancer finally, you know, to, killed her. Um, how, not that you can really give a solid answer to this, but I'm sure there was despair and I'm sure there was terror. What kind of brought you through that? Because you seem to be extremely positive during that. And even showing up here at times when I think a lot of people would have just sort of laid down at home, how how did you make it through? I mean, I'm terrified at the prospect of probably likely eventually facing similar situation in my lifetime. What, what got you through? Well, to start out, I thought if I ever had cancer, it would be breast cancer because my mom is mm-hmm. a two-time survivor. Mm. And uh, that's, I thought, if anything. And uh, so when the other cancer, the uterine cancer hit mm-hmm. me, endometrial, it kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah. And I really don't think I could have gotten through it without my faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As, you know, the first time I heard and they told me that I had to go down to Evansville to the cancer doctor, they did the surgery. They thought, hey, you know, with this surgery, it looks like we should be able to get it all. So I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. We'll just Mm -hmm. have surgery. And then we're on the way. And I even decided to host two exchange students Mm -hmm. thinking that, no. You know, a couple of weeks at the beginning of school, yeah, so and then things are going to be fine. Yeah. And and then when I went back, and he said, "Hey, I just want you to know we found it in the lymph nodes." Then it took me back a little bit. Yeah. And like I said, it was faith. It was friends. It was Chick Fil A, <laughs> uh, because every time you know when that happened, it was like okay. I just got to go get a peach milkshake. It's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, and and then, you know, I go back and he says, and then we're going to have to start chemo. Oh, chemo. Oh. Okay. Faith, friends, family, and chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. It, yeah. it, it was a good thing that it was it was down in Evansville yeah. that I would have to find out all these things. But... I'm sure it helped having something to look <laughs> forward to in the trip. That's uh, honestly maybe a prescription like, for people. Cry, 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 Find Chick-fil-A something nuggets. that you can enjoy to divert a little bit of your mental strain maybe to be like, <laughs> I, I've got to have something to look forward to when I go to Because treatment is always is the biggest part, and it usually involves a lot of travel. and. Well, and... And I will tell tell you that we have an oncologist out here that mm-hmm. is excellent. Mm-hmm. And so I was very fortunate that my chemo treatments were right out here, mm-hmm. but they were long days. Like yeah. those were the only days that I missed mm-hmm. going to school mm-hmm. because Which I would crazy. go there. crazy those are the only days you missed because I know that stuff runs you down, oh, runs a person it, down. I've seen it. Yeah. Well, and it was one of those things where I would have it on Wednesday, and I would go Mm -hmm. in at 8, 8.30 in the morning, and I would leave about 4.30. 
in the afternoon. So they were long days. Yeah. It doesn't really hit you on Thursday, but by Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, it really run the, the weekends were rough. Mm-hmm. And I would get up enough to where I could go back to school on Monday. And they were giving me strong doses, and they only do that like once every three weeks. Mm-hmm. So at least I had that time in between to kind of, my body had a chance to recoup a little bit yeah. before I got the next one. But like I said, I, I couldn't do it without my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started into radiation, mm-hmm. some, a lot of friends from church were like, okay, we're, we got this, mm-hmm. you know. You teach in the morning, and we'll drive you over. And mm-hmm. I slept on the way over, mm-hmm. and I slept on the way back, yeah. and passed out when I got home and slept during the night. But I knew I had to be over here, and radiation was five days a week for six weeks. Wow. So it was a nonstop. I do remember non-stop. with my mother, it was, like, it was constant. It was a constant thing, whereas the chemo was like this occasional thing, but it would just... It was like dropping a bomb on her every time. Yeah. So the radiation, does that make you really exhausted as well? Is that? It did. And the crazy thing, you know, people said, oh, you'll get sick uh-huh. during chemo, which I didn't get any nausea, anything like that during chemo, just wiped out. Yeah. But from the first day of radiation, mm-hmm. like I came back and threw up mm-hmm. and I had, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had done that. Yeah. But. I was just sicker than a dog and mm-hmm. went back the next day and they're like, Hey, well, it looks like you were prescribed some medicine, but and I was like, Oh yeah. You know, and took that. And then like uh, I stopped throwing up, uh, okay. but I had to take that every yeah. day wow. for the duration of the radiation. I just, my body couldn't handle it. I think anyone that's seen somebody or been a person who's gone through those treatments, you could just really see what it does to a person. You're just really, you're competing with the cancer to be like, who's going to survive this? And it's not on anyone else for not being able to win that fight because it's, it's, a, it's a tough battle. And it's, you know, it's hard to tell which thing, when I was seeing it, was which thing was drawing from her more. Was it the treatment or was it the sickness? So it's mm-hmm. you know hard to, and of course, at that age, she didn't give me too many. She tried to shelter us from that kind of thing, but... You did pull through it, and I have to say, as somebody who uh, saw from the outside, uh, watching you in school every day and watching you put on, I mean, they say put on a brave face, but you really were extremely positive here and a hugely good example for the students here about just fortitude and about positivity and also just caring for others. Like the the fact that you put so much into it was to not detract from the student's education but I'm sure in some measure too there was a kind of a bit of like I gotta do something (laughs) I can't just sit at home with this that would be maybe its own kind of torture I suppose and I think that was one of the things that my oncologist said he was like keep yourself busy Mm -hmm. the more you dwell on it the more you think about it the more it's gonna pull you down Mm. and I, I think with that, and when my mom went through cancer, mm-hmm. one of the things that she said, and I don't know who she got it from, it was a saying to the fact of, you can't change what comes your way, mm-hmm. but you can change how you react to it. And that really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I I could be depressed. I could 
get really down on myself because of all this going on, or I could choose to be positive mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe I have a chance of speaking into somebody else's life or just being able to reflect God's light through through me and mm-hmm. how I react towards things that might change somebody else's life. Yeah. And and I will tell you there were days that I did not want to get out of bed. There were days that I cried myself to sleep. Mm-hmm. But uh Well, you did make it through. I did. And you would not believe and I still have so many cards yes. that students had written. Yes. Um your class had oh, that the stack drawings. of paper. Yeah. Yes. I have those on my those, desk. Uh, Miss Marriott's like very good vacation or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're tra- putting you in traveling in different places. Yeah. Yeah, but it again, you don't think you make a difference till yeah. you get some of these cards and it's like, mm-hmm. oh wow. I'm I'm glad God could use me in that way. And just had some opportunities to be able to share with students mm-hmm. through through the midst of this and I know two of others who were fighting cancer at the same time and mm-hmm. did not have that's as a, good of an outcome. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. um I'm just blessed it they uh called it stage 3 cuz it had bypassed the original mm-hmm area of where it started and uh i went this past january and uh got a ct mm-hmm. and the ct came back clear Excellent. and the cancer markers in my blood he said that he wanted that to be lower than 35 uh-huh. and mine was 11.5 so again it's just uh i'm very thankful to god mm-hmm. and i'm very thankful that Hey, right now, till they tell me otherwise, I'm going to roll with that. Mm-hmm. And if it comes back, it comes back, and we'll face it then. But it's, I don't want to live my life in fear either. It's glorious to get that news. My dad had prostate cancer a few years back, about six years ago or seven years ago. And I was certain. I had just, I think something was wrong in me. Like, I was just, when I heard that, I just shut down. I was like, oh, I know he's going to die. I just know it. I was, I was 100% certain of it. And I was wrong. He got through it. He um, he uh, had a successful surgery, and he went back a little while later, and he got the the CT scan, and whatever the number is for uh, that, he got a really low one, and the doctor told him that there is no way it could come back. This specific one could come back in time. To, it, it would take so many years that it, he would not live that long, <laughs> which is a little grim when you put it that way. But but he uh, he sent me that message when I was in class, and I was uh, a, a hair away from just utterly breaking down in front of my students. It was such a relief. It was just like pulling out so much pressure and tension. And, uh, you know, I just walked out of the room and then cried. (laughs) I guess if there is, you know, I I wish I had a better way to phrase this, the brighter side of it. But I think that does point to, though, like how you see students come to you and express like how much you've touched their lives or also show how emotionally mature they actually are and can be and how much they really do care 
it's times like that when we hear about that or when they step up to something else or you see them help someone else out or that you see them comforting you yeah. that you we really realize like, oh, okay, a lot of people aren't noticing like how great some of these kids, a lot of these Absolutely. kids, most if not, you know, all of these kids are great in their own ways, but a lot of these kids are so much more emotionally mature and so much more loving than people give them credit for, I think. They yes. think the kids they see on TV shows, it makes for compelling television, but it's just not the, the, the young, the, the generation that I'm seeing, which just yeah. doesn't reflect the kids that I know and have gotten to know pretty well. It's one of the greatest things when you realize they care. Because <laughs> it feels a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm putting all this out there and it's not for nothing. That they actually well, and like I said, they, they affected me as as much or way more than I would have ever thought that, you know, I could affect them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. And we're so glad that we're in happier times. <laughs> yes. So glad we're Absolutely. in happier times. <laughs> well, I just got a few other uh, personal questions. We're going to wrap it up with uh, some easy, fun ones. <laughs> we'll move away from the more uh, dense topic matter. I did not plan on even bringing that up. And it just sort of in the moment was like, it's something that I, I clearly think about a lot and has well, affected I, my life too. And um, it, it was a part of my life. You it know, was, and, yeah. And uh, it's defined. It's helped shape who you are now, for better or for worse. Yeah, yeah. maybe for worse. <laughs> I think for worse that you had to go through it. For better, it's just made you a better person. I have not seen a worse Teresa afterwards. You're not embittered <laughs> by it, and coming out of something like that without being bitter without being upset about lost time or what happened to you or what you had to deal with. It shows a strong person that can pull through something like that. I, I appreciate you I saying that. I hope if and when I face something like that, I can face it with as much grace as you have. Well, like I said, I I couldn't have gotten through without friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many friends some of those. here that were so instrumental yes. in just being an encouragement and help and meals and yeah. Yeah, I know everyone really did just want to. I know in those cases, too, because we had meals given to us quite a bit. It's people, they just really do want to help, even if they can't. Just, I want to, you know, almost please let me, you know, do your laundry or something so that I can take the burden off me that is my sadness of what you're going through. And uh, I've been on the other end of that, and I've been on both ends of that, you know, with the, my family anyway and stuff. And it's. Uh, well, and you just want those people to know that are going through it that you aren't going through it alone mm-hmm. and you know whatever we can do to to help ease that burden yeah and you see that and just are so thankful and appreciative of that it does make a difference it does we're we're designed to be in community we are that's true um okay so how's cooper <laughs> he is doing very well <laughs> That's good to hear, because if, if he wasn't, boy, that would have been a terrible follow-up. Uh, yeah. So Cooper is your dog. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, how old is he? He is three years old. And what kind of puppy is he? He's a little puppy then? <laughs> he is a terrier, rat terrier shih tzu mix. Uh-huh. Okay. Is, is he a little shih tzu? Is he a little, uh, <laughs> is he a yipping little guy? Um, he is my dad who never cusses. Uh-huh. He, uh, <laughs> he said when he found out what kind of dog it was, yeah. he goes, so Shih Tzu Terrier. So he's going to be a little shitty dog. <laughs> 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 and I had to die laughing. So every yeah. time people ask me, what he kind said of it, dog not you. 
<laughs> so yeah. Uh, what does he like to do? What are what are his interests? He is definitely a well. He comes from an abused household. Oh uh, yeah. Um, the last thing that the shelter saw uh-huh. when they picked him up was the kid in the family kicking him. Oh jeez. And uh, so Awful. he takes a while to get to know somebody. Uh-huh. But once he does, yeah. he just he's a lover. Uh-huh. He loves to curl up. He loves to be with people mm-hmm. that he's familiar with. Yeah. And uh, he just loves to play. That's great. Yeah, Teeny, our uh, blue healer mix that we got as a rescue when she was about three, and she we don't know what she was in, uh, but we know it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, so for this farm, this woman that has a rescue for higher, like bigger dogs that are like higher energy, and uh, she's doing great, Martini. <laughs> we didn't name her, <laughs> but Teeny. Uh, so, but she's doing great. But she still is. She's super. She gets super anxious. Like if I'm telling a story, and as you can imagine, I get really animated. She'll start jumping next to me and barking, and I'm just like, "What is?" It? Like, oh, she just gets so anxious. It's like I, I forget that she's kind of got. She's got a rough past. <laughs> well, and like Cooper. Yeah. He plays with uh, Mr. Kirby's dog. Oh, okay. Molly. And he plays with Mrs. Eagleson's dog. Ah. And so, so all I have to do... So the communications department is yeah. represented by the puppies here. So all I have to do is say, hey, you want to go see Molly? Uh. You know, and he's just ready to go out the door. Uh-huh. Or Milo, Mrs. Eagleson's dog, uh-huh. he just... If we're going over to play and have a play date, he is in the car just going insane because <laughs> he knows where we're going. He knows where you're going. And he just cries and whimpers and... He gets out there, and then it's just like 100 miles a minute. (laughs) Okay, so here's my question for you as a final question. What do you think about the end of teaching for you? What do you see as what comes next? Do you think about retirement or moving on? I mean, one of those are inevitable. Do you welcome it, or do you fear it, or something else? I think I've had enough adventures in my life that... I don't really fear it. I just see it as, hey, it's it's another adventure. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought about retirement because mm-hmm. I started late in life. I've yeah. had a variety of different jobs. And uh, then when Mrs. Winters uh-huh. is, is retiring mm-hmm. this year, I'm like, holy cow, we're the same age. You know, is retirement even a possibility for me? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the big joke was, well, since I started late in life, I'm probably going to be teaching until I'm 80. Um, <laughs> Me too. I started at 30. <laughs> yeah. I turned 30 my first month in the classroom. Yeah, but seeing that, yes, that's that's in the future, whether it's four years or seven years or 10 years or whatever, I don't see it as something to fear or to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, it's something different. And life has been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You know, where I have not had the wheel, but I've had some interesting turns, but it's been neat to look back and see how all that fits together. God had something Mm -hmm. so much bigger in mind than, than what I could have even imagined. And things that I have done over my life that I never thought would fit together, it's just amazing how they have fit together. And I just see retirement as that. It's not that I'm going to be sitting down in my easy chair for the rest of my life. You know, once I retire, I'm sure there'll be more more adventures. And yeah. I've got eight 
international kids who yes. are my kids. And I get to see three of them this summer. And I hope that when I retire, I get to see them a little more often and hopefully go to their weddings and, uh -huh. and be a part of their lives. You know, I saw and, you touch your necklace there, which I was looking at earlier, and I realized that is eight different half little hearts. like hearts mm -hmm. that you have given to them as they've come and gone from your home, not from your life. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I've had my students, my kids, yeah. it's a two-part necklace. Uh -huh. And when both parts are together, it says, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. It's beautiful. So they have a part of my heart and I have a part of their heart on the back of each. It's got their name and the year that they were here. Mm. And uh, it's really neat. we, my boy Antoine, <laughs> came this summer and uh -huh. he had his necklace and we put our necklaces together oh. and so yeah i always carry oh, my kids wonderful. with me wherever i go that's wonderful do you see yourself so you said you want to travel and see them after uh, retirement you'd be able to more anyway uh do you see yourself coming back to uh sub um i have thought about that yeah i have not put that out of my mind at all What's, i figure oh, you know i still need to harass some students so <laughs> yeah you might need to come back. I might need to come back. Just to get another uh, taste of that. <laughs> um, so as kind of a final thought then, uh, because you know, you've traveled so much and you definitely will want to travel and see your, your kids, and you've done a ton of traveling in your life, it seems to be central to, your, to who you are in many ways. Where do you want to go that you haven't been? Not your final destination, but where is, your, uh, <laughs> where is, the, where is the place that you, your bucket list, you got to check this one off? So I'd probably have to narrow it down to two. Uh-huh. One would be I would love to hit every continent. Uh-huh. Which would mean some kind of cruise to Antarctica. Yeah. I don't know if I would be able to get that or not, but that yeah. that is one of them that I would love to do cuz yes. I've been in Asia, uh -huh. I've been in uh, the tip of Africa, so I can uh -huh. call it Africa. Yeah. But my other one that's probably a little more attainable is Australia New Zealand. Oh, oh of course, yeah. Excellent. Well, Profe Marriott, it has been a pleasure to talk with you over this Same. hour. <laughs> Same to you. Thank you so much for doing this. And, Anytime. Uh, we really appreciate you here, and uh, you matter. So do you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't I know it, though? <laughs> so that was my conversation with Profe Marriott. Thank you again, Profe Marriott, for speaking with me and I had a really great time talking to her and getting to know her a little bit better. Uh, have you had, uh, did you take Spanish with her? Yes. Do you have any classes with yes. her? Do you have any Marriott experiences? Uh, I remember for one of the finals in Spanish too, when the first time I had her, uh, she threw new material at me because uh -huh. she knew I had the old stuff. And then uh, <laughs> she told me after that if I didn't take all four years of Spanish, she'd break my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take all four years of <laughs> no. Spanish? Oh, man. Don't She's right out there. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, but it was in a very nice and kind oh, way. I, she loves helping kids learn the language. She yes. loves the culture. She really she, does. I, I, she I mean, really, and has for a mm -hmm. long time, has for her entire life, as yeah. she mentions in the interview. Um, or not since she was very young and she was given a Bible in Spanish. Yeah. And uh, Even when the kids don't want to be in that class and they're sitting there acting like they have nothing better to do, she says, get up and joy. And dance. Oh, and you're doing, saying the opposite. <laughs> but no, it really is that. That she's, she's that mm. sarcasm that anyone that knows her knows that mm -hmm. when she's doing this when she's talking like that she's got like it's not she's not even like bitterly sarcastic no. like that she's a ball of fun yeah. and joy and yes. i just can't replicate and, it and in my she, speech yes 
And she's so just involved with it. She's mm-hmm. tireless. Uh, she went through a lot with her cancer diagnosis. And mm-hmm. really, during that period in time, I would say she showed that she's one of the strongest people I've ever known. Yeah. Because I know I, I teachers show up to work and they hide stuff sometimes. You know, students, some a lot of students hide stuff, too, that is going on in their lives. And then others, they can be just very outward about it. And that's okay. They're teenagers. Mm-hmm. But we sh- can't really show up and just burden everybody because it's what we're doing is, is kind of like it's too important. And, it, and it, you just can't do the job that way. But that she was able to show up here while she was going through all those treatments is just, it's beyond commendable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, She's given plenty of students actual like love for the language. I continue mm-hmm. learning Spanish outside of classes yeah. because of her showing me how cool it is or how fun it is to see these other things and talk with other people so she's definitely one of uh, rchs's best teachers oh absolutely and just her her dedication to her subject matter too is is what puts her uh, far and above so we're looking for if you happen to be a local business or nonprofit, we're looking for some advertisers right now we're just kind of getting started and especially if it's something here in the greater richland county area that you'd like to get the word out about I think that would fit in our advertising spot pretty well. If you have any events coming up or if there's any programs around here that you think people should know about, we'd be more than happy to share that in our advertising breaks on the upcoming podcasts. That'd be awesome. We'll be back on Friday with our student interview for this week, which is Haley Roark. Excellent. I'm looking forward to you all getting to hear that. I was able to check it out. It was a great discussion. How we will do this is, as I'm getting used to this posting thing uh, through RSS and all this stuff, is uh, I was hoping I could do direct time, like uh, 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday to 3 p.m. on Friday uh, for those two drops. It seemed like good, you know, framing the school week. But it's not quite that easy to do that, because if I do that, it could take another day to go up on Google and stuff like that. So I'm just going to have them post uh, early Monday morning, early uh, Friday morning, so that it's a Monday-Friday release. Mm -hmm. Please subscribe to our podcast so that we can see who's actually watching it and so that you get a reminder when a new episode drops. And we'd love to hear from you on either email vatclub at rccu1.net or you can also comment on Apple Podcasts, which is, of course, iTunes, but now they have Apple Podcasts as a specific thing. And let us know what matters we should discuss. Let us know what, what you think of the show. Uh, we might read your comments on air. We'd love to have some questions for us as well and for the process here. So coming up, I have already had interviews with Miss Eagleson and Mr. Cummins about their perspective on as teachers that are about to retire, uh, one uh, this year, which is uh, Miss Eagleson, and one next year, which is Mr. Cummins. And I have some interviews set up with some other fun guests that I think will be really great, including one Chris Simpson, who I have to admit, we will probably have to upload an extra long episode as Mr. Simpson and I are both known for our loquacious nature loquacious <laughs> we are both talkers for sure and uh, that'll be that'll be an interesting matchup mm-hmm. so I, i'm really excited about it i'm excited about talking to some more people and coming up on the student end i already have four pre-recorded interviews on top of haley's and i'm currently looking for more students to kind of interview and get a more broad view on classes and different kind of activities 
We do ask our teachers that we've interviewed to suggest students that not necessarily that represent their program, but just that they think would be interesting to talk to. And so we're hoping to hear back and we would love to hear viewers from the Richland County area suggest teachers and students that you would uh, like to hear on the show. So thank you so much for listening. We really, really have been having fun putting this together and we'd like more people to enjoy it. So please share it, tell people about it, people you know that like podcasts. We're just trying to let people know about some of the positive things going on in our school district here in Richland County. So thank you. See you. Or, I'm sorry. Thank you. Hear us next Friday and then Monday yeah. and then Friday and then Monday and then Friday. And then Friday and then Monday and then Friday and then summer? A little bit. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Okay, I still said bye. Our School Matters, with your hosts, Sophia Rains and Jeffrey Ryden. Produced by me, Evan Irvin. Executive produced by Jeffrey Ryden and Sophia Rains. Theme and incidental music composed and performed by Evan Irvin. Research provided by Abby Atwood. Our School Matters is hosted by Voices of Richland County Podcast Network, an RCHS VAT Club affiliate. Rate and review the show on Apple or Google Podcasts, and we may read your comments on our show. You can also contact us at VATClub at rccu1.net. Please subscribe to us on your preferred podcast apps.